All right, I'm here with super Met fan and Met reliever Brad Brock, and that's where I got to start. This story that you were sitting there as a Major League Baseball player at the World Series in 2015 wearing a Met jersey, I still find that very difficult to believe. So how did you maintain being a Met fan while still being a Major League Baseball player on a different team? Yeah, a lot of guys uh, honestly would always question me that. They'd be like, how in the world do you still keep up with the Mets? I don't know. It's just it's one of those things growing up. I grew up wanting to be a Met more so than a Major League Baseball player. It's just one of those things. I don't don't really know why. I just always grew up rooting for the Mets, wanted to be on the Mets. And uh, when, I, when I had a chance to get a ticket for World Series, I followed the whole run, more so listening on the internet radio, just like so listen to, you know, the Mets announcers do it and stuff like that when I was in Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, when I had the chance to get tickets, I just couldn't pass it up. We were in town for my niece's christening, and my two brothers and my wife were here, and uh, I was able to get four tickets, and we, we got to go sit in you, some seats. You know the other weird part is? So you're from Jersey. Yeah. How did you not get sucked into being a Yankee fan? Because I figured, like, everybody in Jersey, they're all Yankee fans. Yeah, I know. It was, it was tough, especially during uh, middle school, high school years. The Yankees were so good. It was tough being around all those fans. I think I ended up hating the Yankees more than I liked the Mets for a few years there. But, yeah, it's just a lot of, a lot of especially Monmouth County, there's a ton of Yankee yeah, fans. Yeah. And I don't really know. It just somehow fell into being a Mets fan. I grew up on Long Island, and okay. you would think, like, Long Island is Met country, but I grew up in, you know, going to high school in 98, 99, 2000. It was all freaking Yankee fans. Yeah. And it was absolute <laughs> torture. And it's funny, because nowadays, maybe it's because I'm on the radio, I don't hate the Yankees as much, yeah. but growing up in the late 90s, which is when you grew up, they, I kind of felt the way as you did, where I ended yeah. up hating them more than yeah, liking definitely. the Mets. It's, it, it was tough not to, just... How obnoxious they were oh, when they won God. when they won those three out of four. It was it was tough, and especially in two thousand when they beat the Mets in the World oh Series. Oh my God! I, I still the Derek Jeter home run oh, against Bobby Jones still gosh. gives me that, and I still I can still see Todd Zill hitting the ball off the top of the oh. wall. Timo Perez not scoring on it. Ah. <laughs> Dude, but this is a good. This is why I think, and obviously you got to pitch well, and then Met fans will love you. Yeah. You know the deal. This yeah, is yeah. not nope. anything new here. No, I know that. But I think why Met fans will like you is because you share our pain yeah. and our suffering, yeah. and why this fan base is so desperate to freaking yeah. win, and why they're so passionate while they're winning. Like, yeah. When I got here that first weekend against the Nationals, I mean this place was like the 2015 World Series. It was rocking and crazy. It's just it's. It's, I know I appreciate because when the Mets were real, I always rooted for them whether they were good or bad. But I know like when they're good, I mean, it's it's a it's a hot ticket and it's fun to come to these Have games. you, because I, I was on vacation, so I usually come to a lot okay. of games, honestly. I'm a season ticket holder, but I was away for the last week. Did you get any booze yet? Uh, the other night when I came off the, the Brave mat, game, yeah. you got some yeah, booze. Yeah, I got All some right. booze. But uh, like I said, I don't think you're officially Met until you get booze. Now you're a Met. We're off the field. So now I feel like I'm an official Met. Because, you know, it's funny. You see, like, Sean Rodriguez with Philadelphia was all kind of ticked off about it. Did do you think because you're from here, because you're a Met fan, and obviously we don't want you to get any more booze. I want you to like strike everybody else out <laughs> yeah, of your face. Yeah, exactly. But do you think it's gonna always be easier to deal with because you kinda get it? Yeah, and I think I think just growing up in New Jersey and Philadelphia, New York area, you just realize that fans are gonna boo. It's you can't take it personal, it's just I mean, there's some people that come here. That's what they want to do. They want to. But I think some fans actually come to the game and want to see you do bad. I feel like I, I hope that's not the case. But uh, <laughs> it's just. I mean, it, it is what it is, and you just gotta accept it. They're gonna cheer for you when you do well, and they're gonna boo for you when you don't do well, and it's just part of the game. When you get drafted, you're drafted by the Padres. Mm -hmm. Did you still, while in the minor leagues, follow the Mets? Were you able to kind of continue that fandom even while developing? Yeah, you know, career? it actually was. It was actually a little bit more difficult when I was in the minor leagues than when I got to the major leagues for whatever reason. I think now they have the MLB app, which is a lot easier to follow teams. So when I was in the minor leagues, I mean, I was in Indiana, California. It was tough to keep track of the Mets. I mean, I would kind of look at the records, but you're more so focused on the league that you're in. But when I got to the big leagues, it was just a little bit easier to follow the Mets. And it's actually funny, the night I got drafted by the Padres, the Mets were playing 
San Diego in Petco Park. Oh, and wow. So the <laughs> scout that signed me was sitting in Petco Park and said, I'm watching the Mets take batting practice. And I was just like, so then we got to watch the game on SMY that night right. at my brother's apartment. And it was, I mean, it was kind of surreal. It was kind of, you know, it was just a lot of fun. And yeah, like you said, though, it's a little more difficult to follow in the minor leagues. But once I got to the big leagues, yeah, I mean, I'd always did you, follow the Mets. Cause I, now, you were a free agent this past year. That was yeah. your first foray in a free agency? Yes, it was. Did you, in your brain, say, look, obviously you got to get paid. You're, you're, a, you know, you're a grown man. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't sit here taking less money to go places. But were you trying to get here? Was I mean, that you yeah, I mean, I, I was. And it was, I think here was just a little of a transition period. So, you know, the new GM coming in, I think them kind of have an idea already on their mind what was going to happen. And, I mean, at the further the, the offseason went, I, I tried to come here and tried to reach right. out to them. And my agent reached out to them a few times. But, obviously, they had different needs at the time. And it's just part of the business. I mean, obviously, I would have loved to have been here from opening day. But I'm glad it all kind of worked out this way. All right. So, I have to admit, I kind of discovered you in fantasy baseball. I signed you in 2014. Okay. I believed in you, Brad. Okay. And you were fr- I mean, you were <laughs> tremendous in 14 and 15. What, what clicked? Because for two years, you were one of the best setup guys in the sport. And I watched a lot of you because as, yeah. as a geeky fantasy fan, I'm watching every Brad Brock pitch. What clicked for you in that transition of Baltimore? It was, uh, it was kind of just like a simplification of everything. I got pitching coaches Dave Wallace, who was actually here, pitching coach for the Mets in 2000, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Dom yeah. Chidi. They were over in Baltimore, and they kind of got rid of my windup, put me in the in the set position from the beginning, and just kind of went from there and simplified everything. My fastball went up like four miles an hour one day in a bullpen and it just kind of clicked from there and I, I learned to change up and I got really confident with that and now it's probably my best pitch so I only know you as a reliever were you when did you stop starting was it in high school college when did you it was after college when I got drafted by the Padres so was, they're the ones who yeah, said all right you're a reliever yeah and it, I think it was I was out in the rookie ball league and I was 22 playing against 16 year olds and it was kind of after playing four years of division one baseball even though it was lower level division one it's still pretty right. good players I mean going out there it was kind of reality check that I need to you know, I need to put up good results because I was a signed for a thousand bucks, forty second round. So it was kind of get to work right away, and they put me in the bullpen. I kind of just flourished from there. And Do I, you have any issues? No, at first? no, not at first. I mean, in the rookie leagues, it's stro- if you throw a strike one, you're going to be successful. And I was right. able to throw strikes, and the velocity didn't come until I was in high A. So I didn't really, I didn't hit ninety five plus until I was in the middle of high A in two thousand and ten. Was Buck Showalter a pain in the ass as a manager? No, he's uh, honestly, he, especially for bullpen guys, I yeah. still am. Managers are kind of looking up to him when it looks at my my standards of just how he runs a bullpen. He's incredible with it. He's always been known to do that. But I think you just have an appreciation. Once you go to other places, you kind of see how things are run. It's He does an amazing job. All right, now, how about this guy? I know he's not in here because we're in the Met locker room, but this Joe Madden character because yeah. sometimes his act <laughs> runs very tired. You're only there for a few months. Well, what do you think of his shtick? Uh, I mean, I, I like Joe. He's he's um, he's a very player-friendly coach, just kind of lets you do what you want. And I just wasn't able to get it going over there. So it's really nothing against him. I just didn't pitch well and didn't deserve to pitch, honestly. So I just didn't really get many opportunities there towards the end. And it's, when, I, when you're pitching consistently for 10 years, to go on a roll where you're barely pitching once a week, get one or two batters, it's, it was really difficult. And I just wasn't able to do anything. Why, why is it that it's not just you. It's so many guys, like relievers from year to year. One year, they look dominant. They look incredible. The next year, you struggle. Why does that seem to happen so often with relievers? I honestly think it's just a huge confidence thing i think for me personally i know it's more so confidence than it is anything else because the stuff's not changing if you watch the stuff it's the same i've had for the last three or four years it's just you know getting that confidence of going out there and getting guys out and when when your confidence goes through the roof it's you just can't wait to get the ball you go out there you think nobody can hit you and when you're getting hit around it's kind of like man i gotta throw a perfect pitch if i don't do this that's gonna have like you just have all this stuff running through your mind yeah. as opposed to when you're dominating it's here it is you're not gonna hit it next guy up it's just it's a weird 
dynamic that happens. Do you feel relaxed here, and do you feel like you have a role here with the Mets right now? Yeah, I definitely do. Like when I, my brother pitched for Mickey in the minor leagues, so it's I kind of knew him before I got here, and right. um, I just knew that they were, they needed some help in the middle innings, late innings here, and I I figured I could provide that, so that's why. I Decided to come Needed over a here. lot of help. You yeah. know how bad the Met bullpen was I, I earlier this year. I had seen some of it. That stretch, <laughs> they actually came to Chicago. Yeah, uh, so that's yeah, right. So Seth Lugo, I saw, think, actually actually had yeah, a bad day that day. Yeah, now he's rare. Yeah, and I know. It's, it's it's just crazy how that can all. And I swear, the last few years bullpens I've been in, good roles. Everybody kind of just feeds off of it. When you're going bad, everybody kind of feeds off of that, and it just kind of. Everybody just plays off for each other, and I think if you can all get like in a good mindset, some bullpens can just take off. Right, here's what I'm fascinated about, because sometimes on talk radio, we, we treat you guys like pieces of meat, like you're machines. When you get traded, you're you're married man? You got, yes, you yes. got a whole family? Yeah, a daughter, yeah. All right, you're married with a daughter. Now, I'm, I was saying this to my wife the other day. I'm married with a son. If all of a sudden my boss told me, we've traded your contract to Colorado. Yeah. She's like, I probably wouldn't go. That's her reason. She's yeah. like, I don't think I'm leaving. Yeah. Now, you're a freaking major leaguer. Drafted by San Diego. You get traded to Baltimore. Baltimore trades you to Atlanta. Now you sign with Chicago. Now you end up with the Mets. How is that in the middle of a season? What kind, How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's, it's actually funny. My wife said the other day, it's, I've been, we've had a 21-year-old daughter right now. She's right. been in seven states. She lives in seven states. <laughs> wow. So it's, she's, thankfully for her, she's really able to help. And uh, my father-in-law has been great this whole time. And just, really just my, our whole family is, they're willing to help us do whatever. And without them, it wouldn't be possible to do this. I get to do the easy part. I get sure. to go on a plane, meet the team, get to meet some new guys and go play. But for the family, it's, it's a tough thing because Chicago, they, we moved from Chicago to New York in one day. And it was wow. finding an apartment. Uh, how are we going to get to and from the field? Where are we going to park? All that kind of stuff. And coming here is a different animal than it is anywhere oh, else. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a crazy homestand, but we've we've adjusted, and I think it's just one of those things you just come accustomed. So to. like it's almost the, the mentality of yeah. she knows you're a major league baseball player, and you just know, hey, at any moment, yeah. I may freaking end up in a different city. Yeah, it is what it and is. It's, I've heard people say somebody said this one time: it's not a job, it's a career. And when your career calls for you to do stuff, you kind of do some crazy things. So it's just part of the territory. And I mean, kind of where I'm at now, it's. Let's see whatever I can do here for these next few years and hopefully get three, four, five more years and wherever that takes me, then you just got to go with it. And uh, it's always been my dream. And this isn't what really what you dream of when it happens. But while you're in it, you just kind of do whatever you can and kind of hold on to it as long as you can. Now, I heard that before you came down here, you were kicking somebody's ass in ping pong. Is that <laughs> true? Uh, yeah, I was able to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't I be humble. Well. Well, I've heard well. you're one of the best I did, players. I here. did pretty well. I we played a ton in Baltimore, and right. we had some guys who were really, really good there. So I, I, I actually got I would get my ass kicked when I was in Baltimore. So, so you learned from them. Yeah, I learned from them, and well, so there's some young guys here, so maybe I can pass it on. to Are them. you the best one here? You don't have to be. I haven't right seen now. everybody play yet, but today I, I was probably the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's good at ping pong? Uh, Louis Guillermo is good. Okay. Um, Conforto's pretty good. I assume Jacob DeGrom's good at everything. Is that fair? He's competitive, so yeah. I th I've I, seen him on the table. The he's competitive, so uh, he like refuses to lose, yeah. Growing up, was baseball your only sport? Did you play other games? No, I played basketball growing up. I played basketball all the way through high school. It was actually my favorite sport until I was probably about a sophomore in high school. And well, okay. Now, this is a very important question. Yeah. <laughs> very freaking important. You're from Jersey. Okay? I don't know if you're Basketball was yeah. your favorite sport. Are you going to sit here and tell me that you were a Knicks fan? I'm not. A, I was not a Nick fan. I was a Celtic fan. A Celtic? What? what? Yeah. My dad was a, big a Larry Bird. My dad was a big Larry Bird fan. So that actually may be a worse answer than. Yeah, that. I know. That's what I was gonna say. I don't know if a I want to answer Celtic that question. Fan. But, but I was actually more of a college fan for whatever reason. Oh, okay. I like North Carolina. I mean, that's kind of a boy. What a they're always on TV. I know. Right? <laughs> they're always on TV. I like the colors. That's an excuse. Did you I, like the Nets at all? 
Uh, you lived in Jersey. The only basketball game I've ever been to was in that game. Oh, wow. Stephon Marbury was How about the, that? Yeah, he was the point guard. So. You got to go this year. I mean, they got yeah, Kevin Durant and Kyrie know. Irving. I, know, I don't know right? if you know this. I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen much NBA though, the last like 10 years. I just have not watched much. I don't know why. I've always liked basketball. I just haven't got a chance to go. You uh, you into football at all? Yeah, I love football. Are they having a, a like, did, did, I always envision this. The teams have like a, a team-wide fantasy football league. Yeah, Is that we even have true? One. Yeah, we have one. You do have one. Yeah, it's coming out this weekend. So. What pick do you have? Three. Oh, really? Yeah, good pick. Um, so my estimation is Saquon and Kamara are gone. Yeah. So where are you going to three? Le'Veon? I feel like i got to go with McCaffrey. Yeah, you know what, i got to go with McCaffrey. Yeah, you can't. Le'Veon, I just. I'm seeing it as a Jet fan, to be honest with you. Okay, so I'm a big Giant fan, so Jets, Jets players always I figured scare. that was next. <laughs> Giants, Jets fans, or uh, Jets players always scare me a little bit when it comes because, to Because they usually suck? Is that where that comes from? I mean, from? I don't want to say that. But <laughs> you can say yeah, it. I'm a Jet fan. It. I get it. Yeah, that's it. The Giants haven't much better, been much better the last few years. But but you do have, you know what, here's the thing, though. You have the best. I mean, Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, yeah, I'm on a Giant he's fan. Awesome. He's the number one guy yeah, I would awesome. take. He's awesome. I would take him over yeah. Alvin Kamara. I know. I have, I have 100%, especially since you don't know what who what is uh, Eli. That's the stuff, thing. So. You figure he's going to get so yeah. many touches on yeah. this team. Plus, last year, every time I watched, every time a game was on in Tennessee that I watched, it was a dump off. It was just right. nothing's open. No, guys are on them, dump off. So, hey, so you live in Tennessee during yeah, the offseason? Yeah, just south of Nashville. How did that happen? I met my wife going through Triple H. She's a singer songwriter. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so we've just been down there. She's from Northern Illinois, and we met each other down there. And what just kind of music? Uh, country pop. Oh, great. Yeah. I actually, I actually like country. Which yeah, is rare I, in New York. That's what people. I'm saying. I never, I did not listen to one country song my whole life growing up. I went to Nashville when I was in AAA, and I'm like, this is the most fun I've ever had. Nashville, I've only been there once, yeah. and obviously you got to play there. Yeah. It's one of the great underrated cities. And yeah. Because what me and my wife loved is you can go to a bar 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday, and there's live music. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the craziest thing. And it's thing. Better, better than anything you'll ever hear around here, which is nuts. It doesn't matter what it's time true. of day it is. So it's, it's kind of, it's crazy how good the town is down Could there. you ever see living back here, or do you think yeah, it's Nashville? Yeah, I definitely permanent? could. I mean, I try to convince my wife all the time right. with different ideas. I mean, I went to Monmouth University, so I would love to do something with them if something ever arises. Or who knows? You just don't know. Like I said, with this career, who knows what's going to happen, where it's going to take me. So yeah. I'm just kind of along for the ride. At this so point. yeah, this this has to be a dream. I mean, yeah, you met, you play for the team you rooted yeah, for. I mean, and like I, a lot of guys here were really good growing up, so a lot of them weren't diehard fans. I was more of a fan than I was a player because I I wasn't that good until I got through college. When I got really? to, yeah, I really. I mean, my coaches in high school were like, oh, yeah, you were really good. I got to go to Division One, so I was good enough to go to Division One. But even then, it was kind of a small Division One school. I got to be – there's a guy at the radio station I work at who was bragging the other day that he got a hit <laughs> off Brad Brock in high yeah. school. Like so I, should I tell him that's not a big deal? Brad yeah, you wasn't very good tell in high school. That's not a big deal because I got hit by everybody in high school. So. <laughs> I know who like Crystal Presti, right? Did you already like, know yeah. that? I, uh, Did he I say it on from, the air or something? Well, I have high school coaches that listen to WFN all the time. So they're like, oh, yeah, some kid was saying he got hits off you. I'm like, I think everybody in the Jersey Shore area got hits so off So CeeLo, if you're listening, it's not that big yeah. of a deal. <laughs> I, that's weak. I always assume that. Anybody that makes the major leagues was far and away the yeah. best in the little league, far and away the best in high school. So wh- how did you get so much better in college then? It's, it was just one of those things I've, I've always matured a little bit faster physically. So I was good enough to go play Division One. So I probably topped out like 86, 87 in high school. My location was really good. By the end of my college career, I was done 89, 91 at the most. And then once I got into the minor leagues, I got into a really good throwing program, and that's where velocity picked up. But I don't know. It's just one of those things. I remember when I was 11 years old on the travel ba- or the uh, Little League baseball team, I didn't play once. I played, I got wow. one at bat the whole tournament. That's kind of inspirational, though, so, for any kid. And that's what, like, I, I like, anytime I get a chance to talk to kids, I'm like, just, if you have a dream, just go for it. Yeah. That's, like, kind of how it was for me. I was never the best. I was not the highest round draft pick. I was not, you know, I was not a prospect coming up. I just kind of went out there and did my thing and 
always believe myself and I had family and friends right. that always believed in me too so it was just kind of having that big support system that's awesome never looked never looked around me always right. just kind of looking ahead and it kind of all worked out that's amazing so now that you're on this team been here for a couple weeks now I guess over a month now who you got a best friend on this team yet the guys in the bullpen it's I mean all of them are down there I get to uh, Paul uh, Seawall I got to talk to him a bunch Lou goes down there all the time familiar really good group of guys I've I've really enjoyed being here with these guys it's been um just a change of pace it's been great these guys are you know they're hungry. And I got here obviously at a good time. I think yeah, I was yeah. here two months ago. Maybe a little different story. But from what I heard, it's been this way in the clubhouse the whole time. So it's a great group of guys to be around. They're hungry. You know, getting to play in front of these fans is fun, and uh, they're really enjoying this ride around. So well, it's, it's been, been fun. Been Pitch well so you don't get booed. Yeah, it's, that's the uh, key. And your fa- <laughs> yeah, look, thank you very much. Yeah, man. that no, was very interesting you. stuff. Brad Brock, everybody.